Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello, welcome to Garibaldi Red. Nottingham Forest has suffered their first home defeat in the Premier League after going down 2-0 to Tottenham yesterday afternoon. We're going to discuss all that in depth, the current recently announced signing of Renan Lodi and look ahead to Wednesday's trip to Manchester City. And we're going to do that, first of all, in the company of a man who's not only played in the Premier League, not only scored in the Premier League, but scored in the Premier League against Liverpool, no less. David Prutton, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I mean, that all sounds ridiculous, really, doesn't it? But I'm very well, thank you very much. How, uh, who was your other Premier League goal against? God knows. Do you not know? I do, because I thought I was tuned. You must know. No. Not not uh, a clue. I mean, oh, hang on. Someone not very good. Yeah, but someone who's been, not in the Premier League anymore. I'll tell you who it was, because it's just his second comeback to me. I'd go Charlton. Yes, Charlton Athletic. I mean, that's some return that ended on an investment. Two goals. <laughs> we'll, we'll, yeah. well, we'll talk properly and I'll introduce Seth Sengis in a minute. What was this Liverpool goal like? There was there was Gerald and Carragher in the team. Well, I, and I'm sure if you ask them the same question about how I played that day, they'll say, who and what? <laughs> um, I, I, it, was, it, it was very close. So it was borderline a tapping, I think. It was one of my, it was one of my, my better games. <laughs> That's why it stands out because there weren't many. <laughs> no, you played a lot of Premier League football. I didn't realize how much Premier League football you played for Southampton. It was um, tremendous. Um, second guest is a man who has not played in the Premier League, but is the score of one of the greatest goals in the Cardiff and District Sunday League, the free kick that I've heard about many times in Michael Temple. Temps, how are you? Mate, 96th on Budweiser Dream Goal. I'm, I'm not having what, what Pruss is saying either. I remember every goal I've scored since Arnold Boys under 10s. <laughs> So I'm not having it. He can't remember these two. He's lying. Terrible, isn't it? Terrible. Yeah, especially the amount of goals Prutz scored. I'm, I don't believe it at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember. I remember um, red cards and bookings, which we might go on to in a little bit. But um, they're the ones that stood out for me more than goals. I think we will go on to red cards and bookings. I've made friends with lots of Spurs fans overnight after having my say on Richarlison and Brendan Johnson. So we'll come on to that. But we'll start with just a few thoughts on the game itself. Temps, I assume, I'm going to say you were there. I assume you were there. You were? Yeah, I was at the game, sat Brian Clough And I was excited when I saw the team news. But I think as the first half went on, <laughs> my view of hindsight was that perhaps we'd, we'd, we'd pick the wrong, wrong side. And I changed my, my mind again um, as we got into the second half. I, I just... I was excited to see that front three, um, the, the two tens buzzing in behind Brennan Johnson. I could see the logic in that. But then we, we just appeared to be to be lumping it forward. And there is a lack of physicality and a lack of any kind of pressure on the Spurs centre-backs to retain possession in that first 20, 25 minutes. Then as time went on and we started to see the interplay between those three, you can see the, the shards of, of something good coming through. But we, we just lacked that physical presence in the final third that perhaps could have made a bit of a mess in the box, disrupted the centre-halves. We had a pretty comfortable afternoon, let's be honest. 
Um, but yeah, all, all things said, a decent Forest performance, lots of positives to talk about today. I just thought we were perhaps a, a little bit naive having picked that team to then operate tactically in the in the way that we did. But we, we grew into it as, as time progresses, we'll get into. If you're in the dressing room after the game, Prutz, how are you feeling as a Forest player? Because you've gone toe-to-toe with a really mm. top side, but you've you know been undone by two quality finishes, I guess. Or two quality yeah, players. but I mean, two quality finishes that... Um, and again, when you are breaking down what you've seen in a football match, it is very obvious to say that you don't give Harry Kane too much space. Uh, it's it's easier to say than sometimes do. But to to listen to what Temps has just said there is, is absolutely bang on in the sense of the, the approach and the kind of uh, personality that Forrest showed. And that's not saying that they were some plucky team up against Spurs. They had a lot of possession. Um, they create chances uh, on on another day. A point would have been a fair reflection, I think. But the Kane, the first one is is a it's it's almost like a classic Kane goal, isn't it? Um, it wasn't the streetest, the sweetest strike, but it still found its way into the bottom corner. And then the the, the one way is literally got to happen is um, is. Is it, we've got elements of all of defenders looking around at each other, which is never a good sign, is it? As if to say, well, who on earth is picking Harry Kane? Well, somebody's got to pick Harry Kane up in that instance. And as I said, these are all very obvious things to say after the event. But <clears throat> the the difference, and, it, and it'll be the difference between many teams this season in that particular game, was Harry Kane. And we are talking about one of the best we've we've ever seen from an English striking point of view. So there's, there's no disgrace in that whatsoever. But naivety is probably a good word that Temps has used there. But you can't that's got to be kind of wrapped up and boxed off pretty quickly the naivety because, as we know, game's coming up. I mean, if, if you point the finger at Forrest and say they were naive against Manchester City, then it could be a, a very tough evening. But there's so so many more positives that absolutely outweigh all the negatives that reflect a good start to the season, in my, in my opinion. True, true. My lighting's terrible for people who are watching on YouTube. I either have the curtains open and I can't see anything or it's too dark. So sorry about that. Um <laughs> Temps, the first goal. I mean, we've talked a lot about pace at the back in this podcast. Am I being a bit unfair in saying, you know, if Nikate is playing, is Cook maybe has that extra yard or two to knock Kane off his stride, do you think? I'll take a step back a little bit. Because I had a few of the Forest boys were, were guests at the cricket last week. And one of them said to me, the difference between the Championship and the Premier League is you can't clobber anyone within 30 yards of that box because they're going to put the free kick in the stanch and then you get away <laughs> with it in the Championship. So what we saw in that goal was Steve Cook tried to pressed Kane really high and he tried to disintegrate that attack 10 yards into their half. But when he failed, Kane was back on his feet and busted his lungs 60 yards to get on the end of that pass from Son and had that pocket of space to tap in. And Cook was 10 yards behind him and drifting away. So in the one sense, if he had a clobbered in there at that point, danger's over, you know, tactical progression mm. and we've learned, we've learned a lesson. But the lesson in the level is the pace at which Kane gets back on his feet, makes that run to get in the position. And then, look, what do we need to say about his finishing? We've all been watching him in major tournaments for, for years, if not following Spurs closely. But he was he was the difference yesterday, wasn't he? He's just an absolute wizard anywhere around the box and just, just an instinctive finish. So what do you do with him, Prot? So you can either... We saw McKenna get too tight, pull his shirt and get booked. And we've seen Nikate mm. do that a couple of times, get too tight. Or do you go with do you, do you have to go with him into midfield? Do you have to get a midfielder to pick him up? I mean, it's very hard to nullify Harry Kane, but is there anything you can do? Well, it, it takes communication. If he does go wandering into midfield, then you've got to speak to the midfield, uh, whoever's in front of you. And as we know, Forest have had very diligent midfielders and they've brought in very diligent midfielders that would absolutely be on hand to help out um, 
what's going on behind them. But that, the, and it goes into what Thames was saying then, and it's it's such a good point that we are talking about Harry Kane and how good he is. It's a it's a good Spurs team. So if he focuses on Harry Kane and you nullify him, Son was it joint top scorer last season in the Premier League. <laughs> it, there's another option that they've got. Kulisevsky is another like a, another Spurs attacking option. They're dealing with, and this is the wonderful thing about this conversation about about where Forest are. They're dealing with proper big boys now, proper teams, and that's not me saying that, that's a put, that's a reflection on what they see in the championship. But mistakes get punished. Um, I think the pace and the physicality is another level up to what it has been in the past. Um, so whether you concentrate solely, if Steve Cooper puts the team together to say, right, we're going to stop Harry Kane today. They've got so many options, and they should have so many options. It's 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 a team built for the Champions League. Forest is a team fresh out of the Championship after 22 years, so uh, there will be a discrepancy in, in the in the uh, quality that you see on show. But um, th- again, the positive that you take on it is that when they go back round to playing them there down in London, that's they've they've seen with their own eyes what the threat is. And I've been intrigued to see what the, well, I mean, regardless of when the game is, of, of what the setup is when when these teams meet again, but. There are ways of stopping him, but as I said, it's sometimes doing it or writing it down on paper or going through it in a in a tactical um, passage of play in training is is very very different to, to doing it on, on a pitch. But again, it's there'll be many there'll be teams with the greatest respect that are better than Forest that'll struggle to handle Harry Kane. So it's as I said, absolutely no disgrace with that at all. I suppose the notion is Temps that if Forest play like that against the lesser teams, they'll be all right. I mean, a few people said Spurs were average. I thought Spurs were really excellent in a lot of ways just they didn't dominate the ball but is that what we have to take from the game that you know play like that and we'll be all right yes Spurs were excellent because they had a game plan which was very mature wasn't it so they they knew they could have us on the break and they were comfortable with with us having the ball in the middle third but when they did break they broke at such pace and in such numbers that they were always going to be dangerous so yeah we'll we'll play in the same manner we did there probably with a very similar team, one or two boys aside to come back in and cause cause the opposition problems. But that's a top six side for me. A big fan of Conte and everything he's done to, to this point. But he's got a really organised set there. You can see the quality all over the pitch. Everybody comes on the ball, back three, back five, playing one touch regularly. Every goal kick, bar two, tap to, um, to, to, to Dyer or one of the other centre-halves. They're a very good side. They're at a different point in the cycle to Forest. They're very mature. And we're playing a front three there who we think will be able to live with a level for the first time ever. Kane and Son is the most established strike force in the Premier League. And there's absolutely no shame in that result yesterday and absolutely no shame in the performance, which I thought in, in long pockets was, was really excellent. So, so big picture, Prots. We'll come back to the specifics of the game mm. in a bit. But are you comfortable with Forest? surviving the season, thriving, or is it going to be very close? Or are they going down? What do you think as it stands? I, I, can, I can absolutely see them surviving. That's got to be consolidation has, has got to be a massive, obvious thing to say. Uh, Paramount, um, that's why they've tooled up in the way that they have done with regards to how much they've spent. I say how much they've spent. There's an interesting article that I was reading in The Athletic about there's, there's a big figure, isn't they? Nottingham Forest have spent more than, I don't know, the entire Dutch First yeah. division to put together, the, the, they're on a par with Barcelona, etc. But the, they're all structured in a way that they're not just chucking 140 million quid straight out the door. So there is um, a fiscal responsibility there that's been taken very, very seriously indeed. So from that point of view, 
that's <clears throat> a, a huge box ticked with regards to bringing deeper deeper quality to the squad. Um, but having seen them in, in the first in the first few games and, and what they've done to other teams and also be able to soak up pressure. And another thing as well, and I'm not just saying it's because it, it's it's um, it's always a nice kind of PR piece, but the atmosphere is ridiculous. Like, like, it, it's we've done some. I've played in a, few, a fair few games there, covered a, a few games there, uh, working on it. What you see coming out and what you feel coming out of the television is 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 crazy. It's it's almost like Forest fans have well, this is exactly what they've done. For twenty two years of of wading through crap, for want of a better word, they've got back to the level and it's and it's coming out each and every pore of, the, of every person that's in there and it's it's mind blowing really so that's that's another huge advantage that they've got every time they they rock up at the sea ground they've got a, a massive ground sort of people behind them as well so that'll stand them in good stead but quality wise and team wise and as as an ethic and i think steve said something similar about going about attacking the Premier League. And I don't think he meant it in a kamikaze sense, but he's going out to win more games than he is to draw, isn't he? He's, he's going out to, to be able to take points off teams that he really fancies. Um, so what I've seen so far on the business that they've done, I see a team that survives definitely the first season back. Uh, I know we're a bit here, there and everywhere. I'll come back to the game in a minute. This, this, while we, uh, When we went on air, or just before, Forrest announced the signing of Renan Lodi, if I'm saying that right. Temps, another, I mean, we both admit, I don't think any of us have seen him play. I don't watch Champions League since he wasn't on ITV, but is it a statement <laughs> signing at least? A year ago today, Gaten Bong started at left back for Forest in a one all draw at Derby. We've just signed Brazil's left back. I mean, like, what, what planet are we on here? The guy's got 15, 16 caps of Brazil and he's just signed for Forest. And he sat there yesterday and Toffolo's done okay. Better than expected for me. He's, he's come in after that Omar Richards uh, injury and made a, made a good account of himself. But we've just signed the Brazilian left-back. So I've watched the same YouTube clips as everybody else. He's attack-minded, very comfortable on the ball. You'll see a lot of clips of him going forward as well as his, his defending. So his, his style is really going to suit um, what we're all about. But also, he's playing at a level which he's going to be comfortable at, given his, his pedigree. He's coming for real money to... to Prutz's point, and I love hearing an ex-footballer talk about fiscal responsibility. This is a this is a loan with an option to buy. There's an insurance policy there if it doesn't quite work out culturally, technically, whatever. But I think that's a massive upgrade. He's going to make a big, big difference. You're not going to see quite such the focus on the right-hand side of Nico Williams, who is clearly the the bigger attacking threat. It's just another weapon for Forrest, and I think a, a really excellent signing and a, a guy that could frustrate Omar Richards this year. Do you feel for Toffolo, Prats? Saw a lot of him in the championship. He he did well. He's done well apart right. from the Newcastle game. You know, he's right. a, he's earned a chance and he's not going to get it as much now. But it, is this just the cutthroat world of very, very top level football? Completely. That's 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 all it is. And it, it's there's nothing personal in a in a in a decision such as this. And in, in Temps is absolutely right. I mean, there was something similar when and this is not me making a direct comparison between Leeds and Forest, but when Leeds got themselves back into the Premier League and then suddenly they bring someone in like Rafinha or they're talking about um, how many internationals that they've got or bits and bobs like that and you kind of, you, you do kind of shake your head a bit and you go, wow, this is, they're now talking about this great club, Nottingham Forest, in those types of terms, the, the Brazilian left-back. And obviously that, I mean, that kind of um, um, gets the juices flowing anyway, isn't it? We're, we're all of a certain age, but Brazilian, Brazilian football must, must be amazing. It'd be like Roberto Carlos. If there's anything like them, it'd be fantastic. So you get sucked into that. And, and that's that's the beauty in romance of football. Obviously, 
time will tell how he adapts. Um, but it's a great kind of um, conversation to be having about Forest. But as for Toffolo, I thought he was fantastic for Huddersfield. Um, I think it's funny because I, I, I was having a, a similar chat with Luke Ayling, who doesn't live a, a million miles away from me, uh, being out for a long period of time. And in that period of time, the, there's the there's work to be done. There's business to be done. That's just the very nature of football. You you can't you can't stop it. You can't get too uh, can't take it personally because no the the two as I said before the two are enough to make sure that they've got a, as as best a chance to stay in the Premier League as possible. And bringing in someone like this in the way that uh, Temps has, has told us is seems like very very good business indeed. And Toffolo is it's the, it's a challenge now. Keep him out of the team. That's all. That's all he can do. So if you're in the dressing room, Prats. Is see Cooper's biggest challenge not keeping, you know, Joe Worrell, Ryan Yates, Brennan Johnson, players who were here happy, but players who've come in, like Emmanuel Dennis, mm. who's going to expect football, and Remo Froilo at the moment, who isn't in the team, but I think he will be. Is the biggest challenge keeping them happy, do you think, this season? Yeah. Keep it not just I think that's it's keeping them all happy. And I think the likes of Joe and, and Ryan and, and even Brennan to an extent, even though he's is slightly at the younger end of that. They've been part of creating something that's worth joining. So you know, what I mean, you, these players are coming in because of the of the hard work that's been put in by those types of players. So they should be setting the culture of the dressing room. These players have got to come in and adapt to that. They've got to make sure that they're part of what Steve set up, um, which I think is not only a very good football team, but a very likable football club um, with no real sense of ego. I don't think as yet. Um, so that that can't be broken because the spirit is is as important as the tactics is as important as the quality of the players you're bringing in. So um, his his next big challenge is is different to what he's had before. I mean, he's, he's managed big players. Are you at Swansea? Was a, was a very big player that did very well for him, and he managed him in a certain way that got the best out of him. Um, and if he can do that with players that are coming in that can provide the quality, we've discussed Harry Kane and, and Son that can provide match winning Premier League quality. Then. For want of a better expression, the foot soldiers that have been there for the longest period of time will absolutely embrace that. You know, what I mean, certain players can get you to a certain level. A certain other standard of play has to come in to make sure that that level's maintained and then built upon. Uh, and th- th- that's the toughest thing. And but if, and knowing Steve like we like we do, and speaking to Steve like we do, um, he, he's as ambitious as anyone else. He wants to prove himself as a manager in the Premier League of international standard players. So this is his challenge: keeping everybody happy and getting it right on the pitch. So if there is, from your experience again, I'm curious to know, say there's all these players who come in and one of them is a bit more selfish and selfless and doesn't necessarily buy in, but he's a really talented player. Yeah. How many of those can you carry in a dressing room? Ooh, I'd say no more than two, hmm. especially if one of them's regularly starting. And again, I'm not using this as, as a as a as a lead for his comparison, but what they managed to get out Rafinha, even that even at a stage of Rafinha's Leeds career where he was quite clearly going, but he still managed to get what you wanted out of him on a pitch, match winning performances. Um, so I think you can indulge certain players to a degree. But I still don't think, given the the, the type of players that Forrest have brought in, who are very very good players, there's not many that stand out where you can kind of say, let him do what he wants, because that knackers the rest of the team ethic, doesn't it? If, 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 unless he's pulling up, pulling up trees for, again, no pun intended, um, and, and, and getting you two or three goals every three or four games, and that's a different thing entirely. But um, these, you, you can accommodate, like I said, one probably in a starting, 11-2 possibly in a squad. 
But that team, you can't rip up what they've done. You can't you can't pull apart what that club is built on right now, which is which is um, side over self, isn't it? And that's how it should continue to be. Mm, true, true. Let's circle back to the game. Um, Dean Henderson saved, I think I saw, 11 of the last 19 penalties he's faced. So <laughs> when the ball's on the spot temps, even though it's Harry Kane, are you thinking he's saving it? Or no, I wasn't. But what are you thinking? He's my fantasy team keeper because he's busy and he's unbelievable, isn't he? His hands, his choice whether to, to punch or catch. I mean, I don't think you can anticipate a Kane penalty either. He goes everywhere, doesn't he? Whereas he'd, he'd done his homework against Declan and had a pretty good idea where he was going to stick it. But Harry Kane got good technique, that little stutter step, and then he can he can pick his pick his corner. And I love uh, Henderson's motivation as well. He took his cap off after the penalty save. He turned to all <laughs> four stands and he was he was he was loving it. He's he's bought into everything Prutz described there about the atmosphere that. Steve Cooper is is creating. I really rate him as a keeper, Matt. He'd be in my. He'd be on the plane to Qatar for me. I think he's that good. Uh, yeah, he's going to be my fantasy league keeper soon after my Danny Ward <laughs> mistake at the start of the season. It's been rectified temporarily, but it'll be Henderson soon. Uh, is he England's best keeper right now, Prots? Um, I've always I've always really rated him, and he's got the personality, hasn't he, to go with being a top level goalkeeper. I like the fact of coming out of Man United when he's talking about what he should be doing and where he should be, even though you've got David De Gea there and <clears throat> he quite obviously rates himself. Um, I think, yeah, going off what you're both saying that the form that he's shown, there's, there's, yeah, yeah, for want of a better expression, yes, I think he is at this moment in time, given what he's doing, given how he was adapted to being Forest number one. Um, he's certainly putting himself in a very strong position. And again, it, it's it's the mutually beneficial element of a player wants to be in the Premier League, in the shop window, showing people what he can do, whether that shop window is to get you into the England squad or into the England first 11, uh, or whether that's to, to find himself at a club that he thinks befits his stature and, and ability. But at the moment, it's working both ways, isn't it? And I think the penalty save was fantastic. He, he um, It was a well-struck penalty, a far bit for me to say about Harry Kane telegraphing where he's putting the ball, but you could see where it's going. But as you said, Matt, more often than not, that hits the side net and rattles round, and it's it's another Harry Kane penalty scored. So I think he took charge of the situation. Um, and he, he's very much, if he keeps up what he's doing, and obviously because it's been just a short burst before the World Cup does come around, he's going to put himself in a great position. What was Steve Cook doing for the penalty process? Has he convinced Harry Kane's going to score and he thought, you know, Effort, form of a phrase, I'm going to have to tip it over here or something. Yeah. It looked really weird, but what's going on there? I think it's just a, it's a split second instinctive throw up of the hand, knowing full well that you have got an amazing goal scorer behind you who's two yards away from 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 nodding the ball in. Um, it's it, yeah, it's try to try to explain the unexplainable. It is is a is a very reliable, rock solid centre half. Steve Cook and has had a phenomenal career off off the back of being that type of player uh, and it it, it it feels to me just a, a momentary loss of composure like I said it's an instinctive thing flicking your hand up thinking um, you can sort the situation out but obviously knowing what a Premier League football match now is about 50 odd cameras on it <laughs> and the technology to pour over things again and again and again it's something that instantly you'll think why have I done that but instinctively you can it's panic stations and, and, you, and you react accordingly just obviously not within the laws of the game. Uh, actual forest chances, Temps. I mean, I was trying to think how many there were. O'Brien had a shot which was saved from distance. That's not a chance. Williams had a pretty decent chance after the penalty was saved. And Yates's 
header from about 14 yards that went wide. I mean, that wasn't a sitter either. Forest did a lot of good stuff, but they didn't really create that one killer killer moment, did they? No, the Williams chance was uh, the, the the best opportunity for, for me. I think on another day, bags there. Yates, he's got this knack, hasn't he, of um, getting into the box at the right time and making a good connection with with the headers. But we, we didn't create the chances. But what we what we did get ourselves into is good territorial positions. And then just that lack of quality, lack of a clear cut chance in the 18 yard box, which was the which was the difference. So I think that's that's Steve Cooper's work on, isn't it? How do I change the balance of this side or increase the understanding between those three? If that is plan A now to start with. Um, three, you know, dribbling wizards in and around their 18-yard <laughs> box, rather than the physical presence of Alvin e. it was just it, it just leads to a completely different game plan, completely different style of play. So Cooper last year, from ultimately having better personnel and a better plan, was able to be pretty consistent with, regardless of the opposition he came up against. I think that's the another shift this year at the top level. We can't have one game plan now. We need three or four. It's going to be different shapes, different personnel. I don't think he's going to markedly change the the back five or the two holding, but what's in front of that needs to be tweaked from um, game to game, depending on the style, how much possession we, we think we're going to have and the personnel that are, are fit and available. So, yeah, that's that's the one bit that was missing for me yesterday was that um, clinical finishing ability, creating a clear-cut chance in the final third. But don't get me wrong, Tottenham were defending compact, quite narrow. They were throwing themselves, blocking all sorts of shots from... 18 to 25 yards and they're very very tough to play against but if we were analyzing this game in a in a harsh manner you'd say we've, we've got to do more to compete with teams like this in the final third where do you stand on this front three then Prutz? because even when you were playing which wasn't long ago when I mean, you retired in <laughs> you you drifted out of the game into yes. presenting in <laughs> That's hard. I'm still not officially retired. I might, I might <laughs> declare it somewhere on some platform that nobody gives a, a monkeys about. But I like, I like game, the, the, the term "dribbling wizards" is brilliant. It sounds like a band, <laughs> yeah. doesn't it? That, that's a great band name, the Dribbling Wizards. I'm going to when was your last game though? Me on, me on drums, put some guitar. Yes, Matt, yes. Yeah. Matt, Matt on triangle at the back. Um, <laughs> I don't think I can even manage that. Yeah. Uh, what, what was the question? When was my last game? Yeah, it was on loan at Coventry, away at Sheffield United, uh, which we lost, I think. But what year are we talking? Oh, Christ, um, that have been eight, nine years ago. I just yeah. remember getting berated as I ran off, as I jogged off. I got, unsurprisingly, didn't last the 90 minutes, um, and got taken off and was a, was a quite a hefty Blades fan behind the dugout, giving me all kinds of abuse, which was lovely. <laughs> Um, but even then, I suppose the point I'm making is that wasn't long ago. But no. even then, you would you'd always have had kind of the focal point striker, the tight man. You probably mm. see you played two up front a lot of the time. And now we see a lot of teams. I mean, I'm not comparing Forest to Man City, but they went all through last season without that number nine. Mm. And now Forest are sort of trying it. Are you on board with that, or would you rather see Awanee or Dennis or someone play I'm, through I'm the on, middle? I'm on board with it when you see the type of players that they've got. I mean, with um, with Jesse Morgan and, and Brennan, they've got. Um, players that can do all types of damage to the opposition. Um, and again, like you say, that you don't have to have that kind of out-and-out physicality. Steve, again, I talk about when Steve was at um, uh, Swansea with IU up front. It was he, not, not a man of great stature, but a very, very good footballer. Um, so 
that three, and it's not a rigid three, is it? I mean, there's there's, a, there's an ability and, and, a, and allowing for movement within that. Any formation that you play, it's something to play from rather than actually stick rigidly to. Um, so to have the, the dynamism that those three have got, the pace that those three have got, the ability on the ball, it ticks so many boxes. But like you said, I mean, sometimes that physical presence can help in a game. Um, but what is paramount in the Premier League is mobility, which is what all three of those players have got. Uh, with a with a quite with a good supporting cast behind them, um, so I'm I'm not overly surprised with him using those. Plus, again, Brendan, one of the starmen from last season, money invested in Jesse Lingard, money invested in in Morgan Gibbs White. You, you'd expect them to be those names in the, in the starting eleven, definitely. Does it have to be horses for courses, temps? You think? Because our knee first half, especially against West Ham, roughed them up and made life mm. really difficult. Which one? Which one long term? Or does it have to be game by game? It's game by game. And as as I said at the top, I, I don't want to get across. That I'm trying to be too clever criticizing the team selection because it's a hindsight comment that I'm making. And every time I see an eleven, I'm excited about trying different combinations. So no, I don't think we're going to see ourselves settle into a striker playing 35 games this year. I think they'll all have periods of time, if not isolated games, where they're where they're on the bench. I think about the choices in centre mid as well. So we've lined that with Yates, you know, Brian Holding yesterday. You could make a case for Mangala and Freuler uh, based on their pedigree being regular starters there. So there's there's all kinds of options. Two players position is is often quoted at this at this level. We're we're getting there now, and we've just seen Bournemouth turn over nine 0 by Liverpool, and they're not getting there anytime soon. Certainly not in this in this window. So pick the battles. Pick the team that can attack when we perceive we're going to be on top in a game. Man City is a free kick, right? We'll, we'll we'll have a go and see what happens. But then that run of games after that, I'd like to see us imposing our style of play, front foot, setting up to keep the ball, and just that that little bit more in the final third. I hope we're not experimenting come November, December. I hope this this period of time pre World Cup allows us to get to a, a point where we have Plan A, Plan B ironed out. And then after the World Cup, we, you know, it's when the when the business really starts, isn't it? But it's a great yeah. great point from Temps there, and it's something that I've not really thought about. This first portion of the season, where then you do get a break. Obviously, if you've got internationals, they go jetting off if they're part of the World Cup. But it's 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 it's, and I'm, I'm not saying you blow my mind, Temps, but it's it's such a really good point. The fact the fact that you can have a run at the Premier League and see what it's about, and then get some serious work done on the training ground to be able to kind of work out, well, this game didn't quite go like that. So this is what my, what we might do next time. This opposition shows that. It, undoubtedly, you, your um, success in the Premier League is built on the, on the fact of both ends of the pitch, being um, mean at the back and, and generous going forward. So at some stage, you get the feeling, whether it's, whether it's one player getting between 15 and 20 goals, or whether you look at that front three with the other players that we've talked about, all chipping in with five, six each. And me talking like it's a, it's easy to score in the Premier League. It's not. Um, you either spread the responsibility around or you go hell for leather and give a, a striker that's going to get you 25 goals a season and get him into the club and into the side. Um, so there's different ways of going about it. But right now, as they're feeling their way into the, into the back into the Premier League, I think what we've seen is a lot of... Um, positivity we've seen a lot of ability from these players it's just transferring that into the very tangible nature of picking up three points that is absolutely paramount of course Yatesy he's not going to play every game I think Freud and Mangala might be the regular pairing eventually but 
he looks, does he look to you perhaps like he can still get those five goals arriving late in the box, even the Premier League? <clears throat> yeah, and it depends on the quality of um, delivery into the box, or the quality, or the, and also the quantity. In theory, you're going to get less chances for that type of, of positional run to be able to get on on the end because defenses are better, crosses are cut out. You, maybe in games you're not getting anywhere near enough to the goal to be able to put that type of ball in. That's that's another task for them to to kind of handle. Um, but I think given the the quality of his runs and and the and the fitness levels that he's got, I, I don't see why not. Um, and again, it's a great turnaround personally for a player such as that that at one stage seemed to be not a whipping boy by any stretch of the imagination. But if things weren't going particularly right, there were fingers being pointed Ryan's way, and he's, he's comprehensively put all those to bed given how good he was last season. Again, the next challenge for players as they make that step up, which I know they're all relishing. I've been had communications with some of them. Is 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 can I do it there? And he chips in with, with three, four, five goals as an as a box to box old school kind of attacking midfielder. Then his career is going to take off even more than it has done already. Let's make some time to talk about Richarlison. Um, <laughs> great player. I can't I can't read out what I put on my notes to you guys, but um, you should do. That was that. I thought that. Was, I mean, it, it summed it up perfectly. <laughs> so. The good, great assist. The bad, embarrassing himself like the force has hit him in the balls on the touchline. And then the the keepy-uppies on the side. Your lower Briar Clough temps, were they right in front of you? I don't know. Were you close with your view of it? Yeah, they were, they were right in front of us. So look, I'll, I'll pump his tyres first because he had a couple of duels with Nico Williams where he, he sat him down. The strength and the physicality of Richarlison was, was something to behold. Doing five kick-ups at that stage of a game in front of two frustrated young players feeling a bit sorry for themselves is is not the one. So Richarlison gets no credit for that for me. Now, at that point, I've just retained a bit of personal malice Richarlison in my head and you've decided to take on the world on Twitter using the NFFC hashtag, which is now read by every Premier League fan in the world. So the <laughs> fact that you've taken a self-enforced 24-hour break from Twitter... Is... <laughs> well, I muted the thread. I'll be back. Yeah. Is uh, might, might might just be fair enough, but Richarlison's carried on like a bit of a chop there, hasn't he? And um, yeah, he's uh, he's not got any fans at Forest. <laughs> right, Prutz. Now you're the perfect man for this. You, you, if you tell me, you wouldn't have done exactly what Brennan did. If you I'd have done there. exactly what Brennan did. I mean, in situations like that, <laughs> that can happen, and then there's a, there's a passage of time where, in theory, you can't do anything about it. In the split second that he does that and the ball goes bouncing away from it, I mean, Brennan's like, brilliant. This this is obviously going to only end one way. And um, there's 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 a lot of... And the thing is now, that in in this debate and discussion and watched it on, on the TV and, and heard reactions to it and read bits this morning about the reactions to it, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of oversensitivity about something like this. The old-fashioned, old-school way of talking about this is... If someone does that on the pitch, and I would have been categorically told by managers, if that ever happens, you try and get him over the hoardings. There's, there's no two ways about it. That is what happens. And regardless of um, what you call it or whether it's... Um, and again, I, I've watched Richard many a time. and he's, he's a very good footballer. But there are elements to his game which um, I don't necessarily agree with, as in one being one such as that yesterday. Um and he's played enough football in enough places at really good levels to know that that is that's what happens. I think there's a general understanding that that you do that, that's what happens. That there's there's, there's no 
and there's there's maybe that sense of well, he's not doing it because of this, or he's not um, he's, he's surprised that this might happen. No, you know he, he's he's crafty. I'll give him that. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. Um, and having done enough of his games to know that in situations such as that, because then he goes down, doesn't he? And it's it's a hefty challenge. It's not one that that he's injured by. You know, what I mean, you, you go down and holding your leg or your knee or whatever. It's it's a free hit from Brennan. And it's and it's instant from a Forest fan's point of view. Justice for that. I understand frustration from Brennan's from from Brennan and, and Nico Williams um, and Steve said, hasn't he? I mean, we we don't do that at Forest, and and I can't think for one second it's actively encouraged at Spurs by Antonio Conte. It's just that player. He he, he does things like that, and it attracts attention. And he he probably, and this is no disrespect to Nottingham Forest as an entity. He won't care. Well, he give a flying this morning about what anyone's saying about him. Came on, wonderful assist, three points for Spurs. Off back down the M1. Thanks, bye. Mm. Um, yeah, I was kind of relieved it was Brendan who did it because if it was another more physical player, they'd been off their feet <laughs> and he would have been over the hoardings if it was Warhol or someone. But fair play to Brendan. If, was, if it was Joe, my yeah. God. Yeah, <laughs> I know. He'd have been six foot in the air. He'd have so, been landed know, in their tents. Holding him like this in, in the stand. <laughs> if um, if Richardson's in your dressing room, though, Prots, do you love him? Because he takes the pro, you know, he takes a lot of heat and uh, I mean, he takes the spotlight off someone else. Do you want a player like that in your dressing room? If he does, if he plays like he can, yeah. Mm. That look at the Everton side. Heavily relied on him. Heavily relied on him, didn't they, to, to be that type of player that could create chances, score goals. I mean, the ball in, we've already mentioned the fact that Harry having to, Harry Kane having too much space, but the ball in is absolutely, it's it's Kevin De Bruyne-esque, isn't it? It's, it's a beautiful outside of the foot laid on a plate cross to, to Harry Kane. So that's why, because you could look at a, a player like Richarlison, who there's been a lot of chat about for a, a few seasons now, Played in an Everton team that wasn't very good last season, that just scraped to safety, and then a team that's all about the Champions League comes. Champions League comes knocking on your door. Well, he's obviously a very, very, very good player, uh, and his challenge is obviously to try and break the partnership of Son and Kane and get into a team which has been so set in stone for such a long period of time, as Temps was saying earlier on. Um, but if he's if he's in your dressing room, you might say you're, you're silly sod. Maybe not. Maybe don't do that again. I mean, but. You take the game on its merits. It was in in his head one. He'd done his bit of business, and he felt the need to do that. I mean, I mean f- footballers doing nonsensical things. My God, I mean that's <laughs> never happened before, has it? <laughs> uh, last two topics before we go: there. Man City away in the last few days of the transfer window. Temps, Man City away. You said a free hit. Is it one where you rotate and you have a look at Freuler, Dennis? Um, our knee, maybe you shake things up a bit and see what they can do with it when they're well motivated to show they're good enough. Yeah, there'll, there'll be some team changes, but I, I wouldn't label it rotation because you, you you're bringing in you're not bringing in second string lads, you're bringing in pedigree, aren't you? So I think that this the selection we saw uh, yesterday was probably with a view to what he's already decided he's going to select on Wednesday. So expect to see Froiler. I think potentially expect to see Taiwo. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. I've got no insight on that really, but my instinct is with the games coming thick and fast, you'll make a change. I'm making the trip. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. I think <laughs> all things being even on the day, they, they, they may well, um, stretch us and, um, and put us under, put us under real pressure, obviously. 
But yeah, what an experience for a Forest fan to be mixing in the Premier League with Man City. I can't wait. I think it's well, one of your corporate away days, isn't it? You're not in the flat away end. I don't like to talk about that, Matt. You know this. He's de- he's in the tunnel club. He's definitely in the tunnel club. He's, That's where he's going. He loves the corporate freebie oh, using his connections. Yeah. I'll tell you, Pratt, he definitely but the, does. The, and the, the thing is, as well, I, I saw I was at the Newcastle Man City game, and I've never seen Manchester City be put under that type of pressure by a team such as such as um, Newcastle. There's a template there for how you go about it. The, the other side of it is you look at what they did at the weekend, two 0 down, and then just go through the gears as they should do when you've got players of that caliber. Um, so from Forest's point of view, it's about again the game plan will be meticulous. It'll be well thought out. Um, it'll be um, it'll be thoroughly worked on between now and the game. And then the other side of it is Forest have to be compact. The communication's got to be there. They've got to be brave enough not just to sit back. And again, very easy to say when you're not one of the players on the pitch, because Manchester City can destroy established European teams, can't they? You know, I mean, not not a team that's just come up from the Championship. So uh, there is an element of it being a, a free hit, but it, it's it's what it's what they want to get out of it. Quite obviously, it's a point or three points on on a dream day, but to to measure up against the best team in in the in the division is is going to be certainly a challenge but like, again going, going off what Temps has said it's just a glorious thing to be able to talk about forest playing teams such as this it's not a cup competition it's a league fixture against the best team in the league and it's something to be um, um kind of entertained by um, um kind of enjoyed to to a degree um and just to see how Forest work their way through that conundrum that is Man City. I suppose, I mean, there's a very realistic scenario, Prutz, where City put four or five past Forest, mm. you know, the way that Forest are quite open. But similarly, uh, we've seen, you mentioned Newcastle, Palace went there and got about them and put scores a couple. of Forest, uh, they feel like they're kind of equipped to actually have a, you know, get at City a bit with their pace and their style up front. Uh, can you see a scenario where Forest actually score and put some pressure on them? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's not we're not we're not talking about again a, a team in League Two going there and and looking to save face and and play for pride. Forest got any realistic ambitions about being a Premier League team beyond this season? Then games like this are, are where that true test lies. There's probably a school of thought that says you're not relying on points for survival in games such as this. Um, but we've seen teams come up and go up against Manchester City, and I'm not saying. You're not going to go man for man and you're not going to go consistently toe-to-toe across the course of 90-plus minutes worth of football. But you can't do the other side of it, which is just kind of sit back and constrict yourselves and, and just worry your way through the game. Because the, we've got players that can handle footballs in pressure situations. You look at Again, we talked about the front three. Jesse Lingard knows what it's like to play against Manchester City. He's played international football. You get players coming in that have got real-world experience at high level high levels of football. Morgan Gibbs-White has got the type of ability that belongs in the Premier League. Brennan was coveted by Premier League football teams. He's now in the Premier League. He's, he's an international footballer. These are the yardsticks that they need to be measured themselves up against when it comes to playing against against Man City. So I, I understand that element of it being a bit of a free hit, but it, it's it's not it's not plucky contenders, is it? It's it's Nottingham Forest feeling comfortable enough to to be themselves up to a point, but obviously respecting just what damage. Man City can do to not just teams like Forest, but to the, most teams in world football. 
if Forest do if City do do that damage temps, does it change anything for you about how this you know how you're feeling about the season? No, not at all. It's, it's just about individuals staking their claim now, isn't it? So we went through the start of the transfer window. We saw six, seven players come in. We thought, right, we're doing okay here. And then we've seen what's happened since then and got to this point where there's genuine competition and people like Omar Richards who've come for a lot of cash all of a sudden seeing themselves down the pecking order. So for me, no, that's not that's not what this is about. It's about individuals staking a claim, doing what Prutz describes there. Who's going to be the one that, that stands up and says... We're not going to park the bus here and contain them. We're going to try and be expansive in the first half. Who's going to take on the fullback? Who's going to try and do Kyle Walker over 30 yards? You know, all of these battles, all of these um, occasions that that demonstrate the lads that are going to be part of Forest success and be here in two, three years' time or get their move to a top six club. And the lads are going to fade away, become squad players, become bomb squad players, park a different plate, part of the car park, all that that's to come further down the, further down the line. But every individual selected of this game has a chance to put a stake in the ground and, and, and grab that shirt. So whatever the score, I hope we're, I hope we're here afterwards or in a, in a week's time or whatever, mm. talking about the five or six players that made a really good account of themselves. And you can see becoming the, the, the kind of bedrock of what Forrest are going to do between now and the end of the season to consolidate in this league. Uh, Friday, we'll be back to discuss that game and the end of the transfer window. End of the transfer window, Temps. How many more do you want to see? Zero, two, three, sixteen. How many more? I was, I was I was going to ask Prutz for his take on the back three actually, because obviously I, I read um, everything about um, the the, the re- reinforcements that the the commentary out think we we require at, at centre half in particular. For me, Joe Worrell's in the t- in the side all year. We, maybe we bring him inside and protect him from the you know the the gas mm. men uh, coming off the left. I don't know, but for me, whoever we sign, they're not threatening Joe Worrell. They'll put others under pressure. But yeah, interested to get Prutz's take on the back three and, and, and what he thinks we need there. Yeah, I think, again, it's a tough one because you, we talked about the Kane goal and, and, and with the, perhaps the lack of pace. I mean, it's if you're looking for solidity, then Worrell, Cook and McKenna as a back three with the with the energy that Nico brings to one side of the pitch and whether it's Toffolo or our, our new Brazilian friend that slots in down the left-hand side. That's a good mixture of responsibility, um, accountability, uh, and that that dynamic edge coming from the other other side. I think you're absolutely right. If if they get dragged around too much, that's when you kind of start not worrying, but that's when the problems and 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 chances are created, of course. Um, and, wh- and whether there's a there's a shout for them to be that bedrock, as you were saying, Temps, uh, to build on, because as long as that. When I say lack of mobility, it's all very relative because they're playing against very dynamic players now. Um, whereas in the championship, it's, there's a lot more going on in front of you that you can actively manage, which is what they did superbly well over the course of last season. So whether it's a three that sticks together and covers each other's backside, so there aren't any gaps. That's one way of attacking it. Um, but whether, but whether you, if, if there's a, if there's a an occasion to bring, I don't know, maybe a younger centre half on loan did I read about Keane somewhere did I, was there some, something being mentioned yeah, in dispatches with that Tangang um, is the one they want yeah. Willie Will, Will, Will Bolly for Wolves but he's not the quickest so he's a leader so in the, yeah, so, yeah but it is, yeah, it's one of them but then so is the three that you've got there already so you need to bring mm. something slightly slightly in and this is not me saying that there's a real lack of pace at the back for Nottingham Forest but if you can bring a bit more dynamism to that potential position then that's um because as as Temps has said there, there's been a lot of um, focus on 
further up the pitch and obviously in this goalkeeping situation as well. So that kind of the bedrock of the back line possibly could be looked at, but I wouldn't bring someone in for the sake of of, of just making it different because it, it's not been, we, we talk about it being exposed yesterday, but ex- exposed by Harry Kane. And, and as I said with the second goal, that's nothing to do with mobility. That's a lack of communication. That's a lack of um, realising where the danger is. So um, I think if there are options for the right price, in any position, it's a bit of a cliche. Then you you think about them, you look at them. Um, but what they bring together collectively as a as a unit possibly outweighs those, those deficiencies that you might see individually, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think... I mean, Tanganga would probably be the one that makes sense to me because he's a right-sided centre-back and then mm. Worrell can move in the middle and Tanganga's a bit more athletic. So that would make sense to me. I'm not really excited about Serge Aurier if he signs, to be honest. It doesn't... I mean, I don't want to be spending God knows what on a backup right wing-back. But, you know, mm. trust the process, I guess. Um, <laughs> right, I think we'll leave it there. Any other business as usual? Prutz, anything you want to add? Anything I want to add? Uh, about anything in life. It's about anything in life. Wowzers. Yeah. I mean, this, this could Within go reason. on and on. <laughs> and on. Don't, don't get us and on, finished. And on and on. Um, no, I, I just, I'm, I'm, it's, it's been lovely to see, I think, having had um, a keen eye on Forrest from a professional point of view for the last few seasons, to see so far so good in the Premier League, I think, is, is it, it fills us all with a great sense of... Um, pride doesn't it because of, of how they're adapting um and because I, i've not a chance to get over to a game yet, I, I bet the city's absolutely buzzing isn't it with with what they've seen so far and, and what potentially could be the next few years for forest true, true. yeah on, definitely well I was, I was just going to say that like we're, we're happy forest fans at the minute aren't we there's been no overreaction um i, I like the fact the analysis is about the, the bits that we need to add rather than any sense of doom and gloom and everyone talking really positively the atmosphere the last two games um will, will not be lost on anyone that's been there and it's kicked on again since the back end of, of last season that west ham game in particular was was far louder than the <laughs> Sheffield united playoff which was the loudest game i'd ever been at which had broken the previous record of the previous week so yeah i think there there is a real feel-good factor around the club pruts as you described I think the manager has fostered that. I think mm. the owner has exacerbated it with with the investment. And now we're just putting these final pieces together to to make us what we need to be this this year, which is a you know lower mid table um, side that's not in any real danger that can begin to look forward. But I just I just love the fact that everyone's still together, still focusing on what can be, and yeah, and enjoying these mm-hmm. uh, these games as they come thick and fast. Excellent. We'll leave it there. Thanks for everyone who uh, watched long, commented as normal. Very much appreciated. And for the lovely reviews on iTunes, do subscribe if you haven't already on YouTube. Prutz, thank you very much. I know I, I rag on you a lot, but you are a lovely man. So thank you for joining me. <laughs> that's 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 what my job is. De facto employment is to get, as you say, ragged on and make other people feel better. That's I'm happy with my lot, mate. Don't worry about that. Never apologise for that. Well, there's no one else who's been on this podcast that scored in the Premier League, I don't think. <laughs> Gary, you know, when, when I get off this, I'll go and I'll go and tell my kids, and they'll just go all right and carry on staring at the phones. Are they remotely bothered? I mean, we're going into your personal life now. Are your kids remotely bothered that you've played under twenty-one for England and in the Premier League and all that stuff? I, I mean, hopefully this comes across genuinely. It's not a, a, a topic I've ever gone out my way to say. Right, listen to this. You <laughs> so this, this happened then, and that, my, my daughter's by virtue of being slightly older, got a vague recollection of um 
me playing football. My son's scarred for life by the Sheffield Wednesday mascot who we went on the pitch at the end of one season when I got a picture of him in tears as I'm holding him as this giant owl is waving at him, which um which is which is quite a scene. Uh, and we've we've they've been to a couple of games that I've worked at. They were at the playoff final, which when you walked up Wembley Way, it was just a sea of Forest fans. And and we've discussed it at length, Matt, and we were there's there was at one time a bit of a consensus that I didn't like Forrest, which is bizarre. But every every person that I met walking up was really I wasn't going out of my way to, to A be noticed and B stop people to say, Oh, not in Forest, you say. I used to play for them. Like it's not that at all. But the odd person that saw us came over and said hello and and it was lovely. And, and then you do there is that very, very small kind of looking with their eyes as like, why are they? All oh, right, you get it. And so the understanders that tiny little bit, and I'm not saying it happens all it very rarely happens, don't worry about that. Um, but the the other side of being able to go to games and watch games that I'm not particularly working on. I, I had a bit of a good run of getting pretty decent posh tickets, which I'm gonna start chasing up for Forest now. Um <laughs> so it would be and on the off, on the odd occasion that I just got standard tickets, i.e. you're not sat on something that warms your backside with a blanket over your knees, you're not being brought food and all that type. It's almost like, oh, what the tickets like? Just, just normal ones. Now nah, we're all right. <laughs> so it's not, it's not the boardroom or the director's box, and we're not parking twenty yards from the entrance and everything else. There's, there's, a, there's a slight bit of mm, not sure, but um, yeah, I, I, I'm sure. I'm, I know, both of them love playing football. I, I took my daughter to watch the Lionesses, and that was a wonderful day. Um, so there, there is something in there. Plus, the, the my father-in-law was a footballer, which is my son's a Southampton fan, and. Um, this is a. I'm going wildly off topic here, but there's a, a a friend of mine down south who revels in telling the story of oh, why is your son a Southampton fan because his granddad used to play for Southampton. <laughs> 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 he stood in the middle, going, "Well, I, I was there for for a bit, but I oh, get it. And it's good. It keeps your feet on the ground, doesn't it? Let's be honest." Temps, is your daughter remotely bothered that you have, you know, you were sat at the cricket with the Forest fans, you know, on a Tuesday night? <laughs> no, Forest boys coming down today, actually. And I, I, again, I just love seeing that friendship group. I'm, I'm sure it was the same back in your day, Prots. Although it was, it was down the Black Orchid, wasn't it, on a Sunday night rather than the cricket on a bank holiday Monday? Oh God, that sounds like a very dodgy play. <laughs> I think you're right, Temps. There are similarities. I'd, um, so when everything wonderfully happened at the end of the season, I texted Ryan and, and, and Joe Worrell. And I think from what I saw, they were on. They're basically taking the same picture of Michael Heffler getting his barnet done on holiday somewhere. So I presume they're on holiday together. So that, I mean, there's, there's a, there is a, a real core group there that really have grown up together. We had we had a, a similar situation when I was there. Second time around, it was we, we weren't very good at all. But there was a there was there were similarities. But what this group of lads has done is far far outweighs what what we or whatever good feelings we generated because they've done what. Forest have been crying out for for over twenty years, haven't they? So I think it's lovely to see, and, and hopefully they'll get treated very well at the uh, the cricket and the hospitality. Oh yes, the hospitality is wonderful. Trent Bridge is wonderful. <laughs> I can't complain about anything. Temps, you wouldn't be arrogant enough to say how great Trent Bridge is, but you're welcome to if you want. No, no you do the sales, Matt. I'll just be. Uh, I'll just talk football. <laughs> Good. Well, we'll talk football again on Friday. So uh, sorry to waffle on at the end there, but uh, thanks for everyone who joined us. Have a good week. Uh, hope for us get a good result at City, and we'll talk about that and the end of the transfer window with you all on Friday. In the meantime, we'll see you soon. <laughs>